Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you. Today is October the 3rd, 2017. Can't believe we're already in our first week of October this year. It's going by so quick. And I thank you for tuning in to the Bright Side with Technicia. And I am your host, Technicia. I hope your week is going good so far, so far. And if you have not been checking out the affirmations that I do in the morning, please check those out. It's a wonderful Facebook group called Entrepreneurishment. And we give you knowledge. They give you good tips. I'm not alone. I'm just in a group with millionaire-minded people where we just share knowledge, give value to each other every single day, seven days a week. And you cannot beat that. And it's free service. And when you call in, you don't have to worry about being charged. You get free knowledge, free service. Hey, but my heart really goes out to the people who lost their lives in Las Vegas. It's a Oh, this is such a devastating time, and it's getting, it seems that it's getting worse every minute. You know, we're living in troubling times, and I think we're just losing faith. That's what it has to be. I believe it's more than that, too. You know, I watch a lot of shows. I watch Scandal and everything, and I believe every bit of, I don't know if he was alone acting on this. Maybe someone was controlling him. Somehow it just seems strange to me that a 64-year-old man who was a millionaire supposedly would go on a rampage like this without any ignition to spark that. I mean, what could have caused that spark? So like I said, I watch shows, and these shows that we watch on TV do be realistic. They try to be entertaining to cover us from saying the true knowledge, but I really do believe there's something else behind it that we don't know, that maybe our upper government won't tell us. They don't tell you everything. Sometimes we have to go up on the surface ourselves. But anyway, we're not going to let this trouble us from what's in front of us because we see this on the media, but don't let that define us at this moment. Don't let us turn away from what we are supposed to accomplish. It may seem like we're in troubling times, but that's because the media put that fear into you. So don't let this block you from what you are supposed to really be doing. Like I said, my heart go out to the people of Las Vegas, but we don't want to lose focus of sight what we're supposed to be doing too as well. But anyhow, 
I have a wonderful guest on who will be giving a tip on how to deal with children of autism. This young lady is a thought leader in the autism arena, the founder of the National Autism Academy, a speaker, coach, consultant, and author of Autism and the Rest of Us, How to Sustain a Healthy, Functional, and Satisfying Life with a Person on the Autism Spectrum. She is a graduate of Northwestern University and had successful 30-year career in business-to-business sales. The mother of two sons, one diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder and one diagnosed with ADHD. She is certified as a life coach and dedicates her time to helping families find success, peace, and inspiration in life with autism. I welcome you, Janine Beard. Janine, I thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Technisha. I'm glad to be here. Yes. We may be going through troubling times, but it's always someone else who's going through bigger issues than we are. So, Janine, as we told in the induction, you have dealt with this issue. You're dealing with this issue as of currently now. You're the mother of two sons, one with autism, one with ADHD. How do you cope with this? (laughs) Coping is a challenge, and and like the rest of the country today, I'm you know I'm feeling uh, for the families and victims in in, in Las Vegas. And um, my personal belief is that the only way to snuff out that darkness is by continuing to shine the light, by continuing light. to focus on what is good, to continue to focus on what is hopeful, and to continue to pri- provide focus for or support and encouragement for other people. So, you know, you mentioned the National Autism Academy. Our motto, our, uh, motto is encourage, educate, and support. We are really right. all about helping other people. And so very often helping someone else is the most therapeutic thing for me to feel better about what I'm facing. Exactly. We have to. We still have to be encouraging to one another because this type of stuff right here, looking at all these news stories, the hurricanes that have come upon these different countries, this stuff will tear you down, and you have to you have to have a strong mind. We even talked about that on one of the affirmation calls I was on, mental toughness. Got to have that mental toughness up here, and it's, it gets hard because, like I said, we watch all this on the media, and it tears you down. It plays on your fears and everything, so it's hard, but you got to try. You have to practice this. It's, it's not easy, but you have to practice this. And, Janine, I guess on the average, what does the average person without a loved one with autism need to know exactly about autism, and why should they care if they're not in the same boat? If if you don't have someone that you in your life that you love who's on the spectrum, and some people don't, but more and more people do, because now they're saying one in 68 children in general, one in 42 boys is being diagnosed with autism. So that's you know, that's a couple percent. So this is no longer just an occasional person here and there. This is becoming a new minority. And so at some point we're all going to be faced with, whether you're a doctor or, or you know, a hairstylist or someone who sells, you know, works in a grocery store or someone who sells shoes, at some point you're probably going to come in contact and have to work with people that are on the autism spectrum. And you may or may not be aware that they are on the spectrum, but when the difficulties arise, that's when we all, you know, when, when that person is having a difficulty in public, that's when we become aware. So if, if, you don't, if you have someone on the spectrum that you love, it's so important 
to um, have be, be highly educated and really understand the autism. Otherwise, because it's a social disability, we can be very offended and, and, and struggle emotionally with a lot of things that are happening. The more knowledge we have, the more power and the more control, I use that word loosely, the more effect maybe we have, um, the better we feel. So for those of us that have someone on the spectrum, being educated is the number one thing. I, I believe education is the cure to autism because I don't think it's something that we're going to find a pill to make it go away. And, you know, I asked my son one day, do, you know, if, if there was a pill to get rid of the autism, would you take it? And he goes, no, Mom, I like the way I think. Give it to somebody who needs it. So people with wow. autism don't necessarily, yeah, don't necessarily feel bad about the way their minds work. So right. um, those, go ahead. I was going to say, Janine, you made me think of something. We, um, He was just talking about it. His name is Hazik Ali. He's an entrepreneur, a great mentor, young fella. I think he's at least about in his early 20s, still in his 20s. And he and he's the one who runs this group on Facebook, Entrepreneurishment. But he was talking about that, uh, the fact he was talking to two young ladies, because one young lady came on that was yesterday, said that she has lupus. And I think another one had a disease. But he was saying how they didn't let that define them. And it actually was a good thing, because you're showing other people how to handle this. And I like that, that your son said, no, I don't want the pill. This is to help encourage other people. You know, so, yeah, I was just thinking about that. I love his answer. Yeah, and uh, and that's him honoring who he was born to be, who God made him, if that's your way of looking at it. He's honoring who he was born to be, and I try to, right. to do that as well, by loving him the way he is and supporting him in living his best life. Right, exactly. Now, how old are your sons now? Um, my son that's on the spectrum is 21. So he okay. is um, in in a college level program, and oh, wow. uh, my younger son has just graduated from high school, and he's at the local community college. Oh, great! Now, Janine, mm-hmm. how difficult was it for them to actually transition from school to adult life? What was the process for you? Did you, did they you know, have um, school help? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and you know, it's one of the most um, pressing concerns for the autism community is what do we do with our our kids on the spectrum when they age out of the system at 22 they age out of the um the services and the things that are set up for individuals with autism and so many parents at that point are faced with what do we do now and and it is it's a it is a, a growing concern as this population ages out of the kinds of services that are already available. In my household, what we're doing is we're, we're still living at home. It's very much like they're still in high school. Um, and my son uh, on the spectrum is, is moving forward very nicely. I mean, he's, he's able to do many, many things. He doesn't drive yet. That's the one piece. And I, I guess it's very common for people with autism not to drive until they're into their, you know, 20s, early 20s or mid-20s. So um, he's still... <laughs> I still believe he will drive. He's just not ready yet, and that's okay. So we, you know, we make the most of what we do have, and uh, the program that he's in is helping him to identify what inspires him, you know, what, what direction he wants to go with his life. And I think that's a huge question for any young adult in their, you know, 19, 20, 21 years of age. What are we going to, what am I going to do with the rest of my life now? So... 
Um, I think we face the same issues with our kids on the spectrum as, as everyone else does. Right. Now, how did you go about deciding upon your son's current placement and and describe it? How did you find out about your different options? Well, I I I went on the internet and I googled you know autism autism services near me, autism schools near me, and um, came up with an incredible option. There's um, I'm in West Suburban Chicago and in Naperville, Illinois. There's a group called Turning Point Autism Foundation. And it's mm-hmm. a not-for-profit school for individuals on the spectrum. They have a day school for younger kids who are not able to um, manage regular school system. And then they have this program that I'm that my son is in, <clears throat> which is called the Career College. And it is a year-long program. And if over the course of the year, they're learning many, many basic skills, how to make mashed potatoes and how to take out the garbage and how to clean the refrigerator. They're learning all those basic skills. They're also learning what motivates them and how to get themselves to be motivated and how to, how to um, communicate with people in a more, what we consider more socially appropriate fashion. So they learn a whole wide range of different things um, in these programs. And it's been so far, he just started in August. It's been wonderful for him. Oh, great. I'm glad things are going well for you, Janine. I really am. What has been probably the most difficult parts of your son's placement? Well, I mean, I think that I got very lucky with with finding um, this particular program for him. Trying to, he was in the regular community college prior to that, and he wasn't thriving there. He was he was struggling to. Um, Stay, you know, focus. His executive functioning can be a challenge. He was struggling with the school. He was, he was feeling worse and worse about himself, and I could see that growing disappointment in himself. And I think that was probably the the hardest thing for me. Now, my son's had tons and tons of really good intervention since he was little, so he's had a lot of therapy, and um, and you know, I've had a lot of education. So he's actually doing really well. If he walked in the room. You wouldn't know that he was on the autism spectrum unless he told you or unless you asked him to do something that was confusing to him or he didn't know what to do. So, um, you know, he's he's actually doing really, really well. So, I mean, I think that, that there are many – I've spent many nights worrying, will he ever live on his own? Will he, will he be able to find something he loves? Will he be able to hold a job? And like other parents who have kids on the spectrum, I think that's that's all of our biggest concerns. And you know, we we do face those moments when we're like we're not sure, and then things might calm down for a while, and it gets bad again. I was talking to a mom just the other day, going through that. She was just she's just going through a really rough spot, and at the academy, that's our our mission is to support people that are in that position, and right. you know, to to deliver the encouragement and the support and the education that they need to help them succeed in spite of those challenges. Right, because all this can actually consume you. If you take it too much in, it can really consume you, but it's good that you got that support. That's what you need. And in troubling mm-hmm. times, you've got to have that backup no matter what and keep God first. Um, yep. Now, what would you say, Janine, probably have been like the easiest parts for you and, and what, if anything, surprised you? <laughs> well, one of the things that surprised me, my son is very bright. He's got a very high IQ, and he's very smart. And he's he's had um, a couple of friends 
all through junior high school and high school. And one of the things that surprised me was I was expecting um, my my his teenage years to be to be a lot more difficult than my son who's not on the spectrum. And the reality is it was flip-flopped. It's the other way around. It was the biggest surprise to me because my son who's on the spectrum, I always knew where he was. I always knew what he was doing. He was with his friends. He was playing video games. He was home or he was at his friend's house. My other son who's very social and, you know, driving and running around and going, I mean, he's getting in all kinds of trouble. So um, I think one of the most surprising things for me was the ease in which we got through being a teenager <laughs> relative to what it's like to have a teenager that's not on the spectrum. Okay. Now, do you have do you have any tips for parents just beginning the process? Um, what, if anything, would you have done differently? Oh, well, I wish I had known early on in my son's life what I know today. My, You know, my advice to parents who are, either considering that their child might have a diagnosis or might or have just gotten a diagnosis is to get educated immediately as best you can find find a comprehensive program that will explain what autism is how it affects your child so that you can work with your child at home and that's one of the things that I one of the reasons I founded the academy was to provide that kind of training for people all over the world because we do it all online and by telephone Um, It doesn't matter where you are, you can go to the academy and and take our training and come away with an understanding that will change the trajectory of your child's future. Because our kids on the spectrum, when they learn something one way or when we build a routine one way, it sticks with them forever. It's very difficult to get them to make changes and adjustments. So if we can set the routines that we re- that are important to us, things like eating vegetables, brushing your teeth. If we can take care of that stuff early on, we're way ahead as parents. Right, I agree with you, Janine. Sometimes I, I don't know. It just it just puzzles me sometimes with all the ADHD, the autism. It seems like this stuff was input in some bodies. Like where did this stuff come from? Then they want to put you on all the medicine. Because my daughters were diagnosed with ADHD, and the doctor said, well, I'll, I'll prescribe the medicine. Mm, they're going to do just, I, I don't prefer to put them on that. You're not going to have my daughters around here slurring and tired and drowsy. You have to be careful with that medicine. It, it makes them worse to me. In my opinion, just doing research, it gets them, it doesn't do, it doesn't do them any good. So kudos, like I said to your son, for saying, no, I'm fine. I'll be without it. Because. It don't. It does them no good. But Janine, what are what are some of the most important things we need to know if we want to help a parent with a child on the spectrum? Well, the the number one thing that a parent of a child on the spectrum wants you to know, if you don't have a child, is that it is not our parenting that's make our ch- making our children behave the way they're behaving. That it's not right. because we're bad parents, and that you know we. <laughs> Almost every mom I talk to, and I talk to many, many every week, say says someone in their life is criticizing their parenting, saying if they were just tougher, if they were just more, you know, more tough love, if they were just, you know, stricter, if they would just get a better routine, if they would just do this or do that, then their child would behave, and that's not accurate. If a child's on right. the autism spectrum, they're going to respond differently 
they're, they're going to need a different kind of parenting in order to succeed. So I think that's the number one thing that, that we as parents of kids on the spectrum want the world to know. It's not because we're bad parents. Exactly. Good, good advice. Now, is there anything else important to you um, as far as just sharing with us things that we might just need to to know um, in regards to maybe autism, ADHD, any information that we probably wouldn't find anywhere else? Well, um, you know, I, I mean, my book was really written for people, for the rest of us, for people who live with someone who has one of these conditions, because there's a, there's a, you know, it's a, it, there's a major outfall in our lives, and so that is the issue that autism and the rest of us explores: is how does that impact the rest of us uh, if we if we have a loved one on the spectrum? So, so to be aware that that there that this is a family issue that it affects the people around the individual on the spectrum is is one important piece um, that I think that that uh, I want to bring up. But the other piece I think is that education is the answer. Education is the is the answer to the autism problem, if you want to call it a problem, the autism situation that we're facing in the United States today. So go learn something. <laughs> go, go, go read a book. Take a course. You know, something practical information. Try to stay away from that really um, neurological diagnostic kind of stuff. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't really benefit you. Understanding the practicality of how this influences, how autism influences your child's behavior or an individual's behavior is so much more valuable than than focusing on cause and cure and technical stuff. Right. This is this is a big fundamental this is a big fundamental role and this is a challenge that you have to step. There's there's nothing out there that can say, Oh, well this is how it's supposed to go because you'll never know everything. It's that's impossible. But you can become more comfortable to me with what you don't know and more comfortable in your ability to figure things out as they go. And that's what it seems like you have done, Janine. You found the key parts to just know how to cope with this because it is what it is by the end of the day. It's like you got to put on, you got to be Superman and all this. Let me put on my cape and my tights for the first time and let me go right on into this all hands in. Yeah, that's true. That's true, and and it is, and it can be very challenging, which is right. again, you know, they encourage, educate, and support. We have for our graduates, for our students who go through our training, we have a private Facebook group, and the only reason that we have this private Facebook group is so that they can call out to one another, "Hey, I'm really hurting, and I really need help," and someone who understands them will get that message. So we're really working on building um, a structure of support for parents because, the, you know, it's parenting on steroids. It's, it's, it's ten times the parenting job of parenting a child who's not on the spectrum. Right. And they say autism affects, I think, about one in every eight, eight children, according to the CDC, and despite the growing prevalence of ASD, do you find that people are un, are unsure of how to act around an autistic child? How would you address the stereotype? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, people don't know. Kids on the spectrum are not retarded. You know, 
cognitive ability, the, the range of cognitive ability or cognitive impairment is, can be just the same as for people without autism. So some people, and many of them are incredibly bright, have very high IQs. So some people will have cognitive impairment, some people won't. But these kids are not retarded. These kids, inside of them, they, if, if there's not severe cognitive impairment, they're experiencing the same things the rest of us are. They're mm-hmm. scared, they're, they're worried, they're intimidated, they're frightened, they're, they're uncomfortable, they feel awkward, they feel stupid, they feel, they feel all the same things that we feel. And so knowing that, that and I hate, to, I, I hate to sort of separate it this way because I know that some people on the spectrum don't like to hear it this way, but knowing that sort of underneath the autism, and it's not like the autism is laid over on top of someone's personality, but, you know, <laughs> there is a person in there that's just like the rest of us. And exactly. so, and so, if you're going to talk to someone on the autism spectrum, talk to them like you would anyone else. You may slow down a little bit, just and let them pace the conversation because they may need, particularly if they don't know you or they're not familiar with you, they may need a little more time to process everything. We have um, we have a free gift on our website um, that gives uh, ten top tips for communication. So if you're oh, if you're interested in in getting that or anyone's interested in getting that, it's free. Um, it's under our free resources tab on on the National Autism Academy website, um, and it it will go in detail into how to communicate the best way. Oh, that's awesome! So listeners, please make sure you get those tips because I have a friend who does have a child who's autism, and. As you said, people like to make assumptions or whatever the results they like to come up with. They rather do that than to try to actually ask. Sometimes that's all you have to do if you ask, but that's not mm-hmm. the society we live in. We don't want to do that. But all I can say is respect our children and their needs, people. Treat them with integrity, you know. Be open to just learn and simply, if you need to know some, just ask questions. Don't just there and, and make it sometimes may not seem like you mean any harm, but that could harm a person's self-esteem, most definitely. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to come back with Janine to talk a little more about her book and where you can also get her book from. So stay tuned. Do not touch that dial. You listen to Bright Side with Technisha Darling. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, (laughs) I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes, another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger, two if you're very overweight, and three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio pre-diabetes test. 
And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Janine, who, as I said, is the author of Autism and the Rest of Us, How to Sustain a Healthy, Functional, and Satisfying Life with a Person on Autism Spectrum. We've been discussing how to deal with these things that we think are difficult, but in the beginning they are, but you have to learn how to cope and become the superwoman or the super dad to deal with that, and we one of her sons having autism spectrum disorder, and the other one was diagnosed with ADHD, and they seem to apparently be doing fine now with her encouragement. That's what it takes, encouragement and faith. Janine, um, at that point, what did it feel like as a mother when you couldn't fully understand your child's, your children's needs and how to really help them right then and there? That is That is – a very desperate feeling. It's a very desperate feeling. I mean, we we're, we feel trapped and inadequate to help our child. You you see your child in pain. You know they're uncomfortable or they're upset or they're hurting, and you can't do anything about it, and that never feels good. So for me, educating myself was a necessary, it was a must. I had to learn what I could do to help him and to learn everything I could in order to help him um, as best as possible. So um, it, it's very painful to, to see your child suffering and hurting. Right. I definitely I definitely understand that. I have twin girls, like I said, and it, it pains you. They're, they don't have autism, but it pains you when you see them in a certain situation or condition and there's nothing you could do. You're like, oh, my God, it's something you want to do yeah. all that you can. If I got to give you the skin off my body, I will. I, right. I definitely can understand that. I don't. If yeah, you're not absolutely. a mother, you will definitely understand it once you become a mother. And that's why I tell my daughters when they ask me certain questions, Mom, why you do this and why you do that? I said, when you become a mom, you will understand the same way that I am. Um, I can't even describe that heartache that you felt at that time and that frustration. Right. Um, You'd much rather it's happening to you than to them, and there's nothing you can do to change it. Yeah. Janine, tell us a little bit about the things some of the trained professionals did with their sons to help them get to the point where they are now. Um, I did a lot of, with my son on the spectrum, I did a lot of private therapy. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he, we, we worked with a, a doctor here at the Prairie Clinic in Geneva, Illinois, Dr. Tim Wahlberg, and he really trained me. And uh Today he is our clinical expert at the National Autism Academy, and he's, he, he gave me the ins and outs and insights I needed in order to work with my child at home and make daily life with my son therapeutic. And so that I contribute a lot of that to his success at this point. 
is that I've learned to understand how to work with him effectively. Right. And um, I was just thinking about your book. In one of your chapters, you um, have the title, Separating the Person from the Ism. What is that chapter all about? Well, um, you know, if you've you've ever um, talked to people in the AA and Al-Anon programs, they talk about the ism. They talk about the difference between the person and the alcoholism. And I also like to see, like to think about the difference between um, the the person and the struggles that they're facing with their um, with their autism. So that's why, for me, being able to separate that and being able to realize that this person isn't their autism, that that they aren't. It's not their fault. That it's not that it's not a definition of who they are. That it's right. something that they are struggling with as well. Um, it just cre- it generates so much more compassion. It generates so much more compassion, and that's really, I think, where I'm where I was coming from in that chapter. Right, your book really touches. It's not just a self help help book, but this book really goes to the basis of. This is what I had to go through. I had to struggle just to get to this point because even in, even up in the beginning of your book, you explained you didn't know how to back down. I'm not one of those kind. I can't take no for answers. I need to know what's going on right now. I need answers, you know. So this book yeah. is really, this book is really strengthening anyone who's going through this type of pain. Not one of those books. Oh, this is what you need to do. Step one, step two, step three. No, I'm letting you know my troubles that I went through and how they can over help you. So I definitely. Love that about your book. Yeah, um, it's it's a very personal account of of life with with autism. It is right. What was most what has been or what was most helpful for you as a mother navigating the joys and struggles of having a son with autism? Um, I think I think having um having a spiritual practice was was crucial. It was absolutely something I ha- I couldn't have been without and stayed hopeful and positive and encouraged during those times when things were the most difficult. And there are, you know, like, like everything else, there's good times and bad times. Um, so I think this, my spiritual practice is, was very important. Um, I think understanding the dynamics of the personality of someone with autism. For example, people with autism um, very often are very black and white in their thinking. So everything is either all good or it's all bad. And beginning right. to understand, and, and I talk about all those things in my book in a, in a very friendly, easy-to-understand way, but, but understanding those kinds of, of particulars about someone with autism really helped me to not take so personally all of the difficulties and, and sometimes the, you know, the, the, the explosions or the anger or the meltdowns or whatever, I, I stopped assuming it was about me because that's a very social perspective. And these kids are not, they're not social. They're, they don't, they're really, they have a social disability. And so understanding that made such a difference uh, for me. Right. I definitely could agree. I was thinking of, I think it was one of the favorite quotes by, um, he was a leader in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I think it was Elder Jeffrey R. Holland who said, don't you quit. You keep walking. You keep trying. There is help and happiness ahead. Some blessings come soon. 
some come late and some don't come until heaven, but they come, it will be all right in. Trust God and believe in good things to come. Because as you know, too, Janine, I mean, even if another child does have spectrum, no two kids are alike on the spectrum. Um, So we can't right. even pretend to know right. what all parents actually go through because this is a process everyone has to go through. But to me, just to your story, there is an instant connection to those who have a special needs child. It's something... It, it, I'm sure it can't be explained. And like you said, your sons are, they're doing a hundred times better now and progress has been substantial, but there is still a struggle with things, correct? Um, yeah, they still struggle with things, of course. And, and they always will. I mean, uh, um, on some levels, there will always be things that are not comfortable for them and may take them longer to learn, to adapt to, or to find find peace with. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, I would definitely have to. I know you can probably understand this, and all us parents, <laughs> raising kids are not the easiest thing ever, and we know that. Minds run up and down all day, but it wouldn't yeah. be fulfilling. Yeah. It wouldn't be fulfilling, rewarding, or in a joyful experience that exists if it wasn't. If it was just that easy, it wouldn't. We wouldn't get that excitement. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is very rewarding when things start to work. It, it is. is very rewarding, it, yeah. It sure is. So, Janine, what brought out the idea for you to want to even write this book? What What took that courage to do that? Well, uh, let me – I'll try to make a long story short. You know, I I um, I love to write and always wrote a great deal. And in, at Northwestern, that was their, their way of teaching was having us write papers. So I love to write. And when I was working with Dr. Wahlberg, when I first met him, I kept asking him, do you have this in writing? Do you have this in writing? Because I, I really want to understand this better. Do you have this in writing? And he kept pointing at the stack of notes on his desk, and he said, I'm trying to write a book, but you know, I don't really have time because I see so many kids. So after six months of asking him more and more questions and wanting so much to know the information, I said, well, let me read your notes. And he agreed, and I read the notes twice, and I created an outline, and I went back to him, and I said, here's an outline of your notes. Can I help you get this book written? And so from there, he and I worked together, and the manuscript went back and forth, back and forth. And I had an unprecedented opportunity to be educated by someone who's got 25 years of clinical experience. And it was an amazing experience for me. I learned so, so much. Um, and, you know, he would... If I texted him at 10 o'clock at night, he'd call me back and answer my question, and I'd get it down on paper for him, and then I'd send it back to him, and he'd review it and approve it or, or change it or whatever until, it, until the book was exactly what he wanted it to be. And then it was published, and his book's titled Finding the Gray, and you can get it on Amazon. But during that process, I got an, an amazing education, and I also realized something. He was looking at it from a clinical as, uh, perspective, and I was looking at it from the perspective of a parent, of a mom, and that's different. And so then I turned around and wrote my book, which incorporates a lot of the material I learned from him, but it's from a parent's perspective, and it's really trying to address um, the emotional needs of the rest of us, the, the needs of a parent, and how do we cope, and what do we do. The last chapter is called um, Rising Like a Phoenix, and it's it's about it's about being able to come up out of the ashes, <laughs> out of the difficulties, and still live our best lives. Um, and, and so, you know, that was, 
I really wanted to share my perspective, that perspective on parenting and combine it with the great information I had learned from him during the period of writing his book. So that's how it came to be. Oh, I'm telling you, your story is inspiring. It it does. It brings tears of joy to my eyes because it is. It's very inspiring because you never know what no one else is going through. You be thinking your life is always oh, just so bad, but you really don't be understanding. And, and it feels good to hear your story because it's very encouraging. It lets you know that there is still always hope if you thought that it's not, it is still hope out here and no need to give up. Now, as a parent of a child with autism, have any of your dreams changed? Um, yes, Uh, yes, they have. If I, you know, if I didn't have a child with autism, I, I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing today. Um, the work that is supporting, encouraging other parents, and creating dialogue, and and having com- and communicating uh, with other parents, which is so rewarding for me. And you know, I wouldn't be doing any of that. So I think my dream was always to have my own company, to have my own uh, adventure in, in life. And you know, I had a 30-year business-to-business sales career, and then decided that it was time for me to stop doing that and start doing this. And um, so it has some it has been something that's grown out of my life but as one of my f- friends pointed out to me recently if i had planned to be here today i couldn't have done a better job of getting ready because every this is sort of the culmination of everything that's happened in my life so i really think this is just was just what i'm meant to do it was it's my purpose so i'm so grateful right. And I'm so grateful with, for to people like you who give me the opportunity to share that with people. Oh, definitely. And I love having this type of topics and subjects on my show. That's why I can't focus on one subject. You know, most people focus on politics all day. That would, that would wreck my nerves just thinking about politics because it's too much. It, it would just get on my last nerves just thinking about our president and everything else. Sometimes you need a little happy space. That's why I like having these different subjects because there's always someone out there who may be afraid to tell you what's going on. So I figure if I can reach them with my show, then maybe that will answer their questions and maybe they'll respond. You know, I just feel like I'm reaching out to people who don't don't have a voice at all. Right, right, right. Um, what is the best thing about your son that the world doesn't see? He is he is so he's funny and he's warm and he's and he cares about people and he's so um he's he's passionately about doing the right thing. He he believes in right and wrong and wants to do the right thing and wants to be on the right side and he I mean he's just got so many amazing qualities and most people never get to experience that about him because the autism can get in the way. So, um, you know, hopefully more and more people are seeing that as he's, I mean, he is, as he's aging, he is more able to share that side of himself. And it's it's beautiful to see. Yes. Now, Janine, when you was going, while you was going through the process, did you ever go to, um, what's that, it's a, it's an orga- organization, I think it's called Families Advocating Autism Now? And that was found in 2009 by seven mothers of children diagnosed with autism. 
that that particular group is not one that that I have been in contact with. Um, there are so many different groups. Um, right now, I'm I'm doing some work with the Autism Society of America. Um, so, uh, but that particular one, I have not had any experience with. Okay. Uh, Janine, this this really has taken a toll on me. I mean, this with some great advice, and I'm definitely going to make sure I share this. It's, it's painful to hear, but then it's amazing also just to know how your dreams have changed for the better, just hoping to have that success with your son and some, and other son as well. Now, with him having ADHD, uh, what, is that, what is that like? Because we know that's totally different from autism. Yeah, it it is very different in in some ways, and it's very similar in some ways. A lot of kids on the autism spectrum have um, a dual diagnosis of ADHD or have um, symptoms similar to ADHD um, symptoms. So it's it, they they can be it you know very they can go very hand in hand. And I think the biggest difference is uh, is the social awareness. My son, who does not have autism, is more socially aware and wants to fit fit in. My son on the spectrum, he could, he just doesn't care. I mean, I hate to say it that way because it doesn't sound right, but whether he fits in or not, it's like, okay, either way is fine with me. And, and you know, with my other son, that he doesn't feel that way at all. He want, He very much wants to fit in. So it's that whole social, the drive for social um, – fitting in socially and and for being acceptable socially that that is the biggest difference in the two of them okay well because uh my daughters both of them was actually one was diagnosed with adhd and one was diagnosed with add and many people tell me who have it they said they just cope with it you know they learn how to handle it and one young lady i worked with said she actually had to focus on other things because she has it but she said, I just put my attention somewhere else. Uh-huh. It, 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 yeah. Um, you know, working with ADHD can be can be very complicated, but there's more and more um, research being done and more and more support becoming available for people with, with ADD or ADHD in terms of helping them um, cope and succeed uh, in, in life. And, you know, as, as much as we don't like medication maybe there there are times when it's when it's the most appropriate answer because it certainly is um better than having someone who cannot function at all right so and that that medication then gives you a window to be able to help them learn to function well mine mine don't seem to have too much of an issue they seem more active and then certain things they're doing i'm like oh should i have put them on a medicine but then i'm like maybe i should just let it just blow off because they seem to be they are they're very active but it's not nothing that they don't know one is very good in math so i just i just let it ride on out um they have heard me talk about it and they'll ask me mom hd i'm adhd and i'm like oh this is a subject I do not really prefer to talk about, but um, maybe later on I definitely will because they're 11-year-old twins. And yeah. I said, wow, um, maybe one day I would just sit them down and actually explain to them actually is and 
things that they can do because I always try to make sure they're active around the house and doing something to keep them occupied. They have to stay focused because I noticed one, I don't know if it's really the symptom. I forgot most of the symptoms, but one of them, like she has an attention span. Was that the case for your son? Yes. Both of my kids, yeah, have, have very, you know, they have a very difficult time focusing, staying focused and, and seeing a task through to the end. And, and um, Technicia, one of, the, one of the very counterintuitive things that we're learning is that if you've got a child that has autism or ADHD symptoms, very often physical activity is the exact thing that they need. So um, if, you, if you could get your daughters riding a bike or jumping rope or jumping on a trampoline or, or doing some other kind of repetitive physical activity, that can actually help them calm their system. Right. That's why I don't mind them. Sometimes it gets on my nerves, but I don't mind them being active around the house as long as they're keeping them occupied and they love, they love their laptops, their electronics, they get on this musical app. So they definitely say after they have stopped riding their bikes, which I get on them about, but like, you got good bikes and you guys don't even go outside now. They just like to sit on computers. But they definitely, they definitely keep their hands, they keep me tired out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I have to yeah. stay working out because they keep me going. Yeah. Yep, I, I I'm with you. I get it. <laughs> I get it. So Janine, is there any other information that we need to know on how to deal with this head on with autism spectrum or either ADHD and tell us where we can get your book from again? Sure. Um I think that the the most important message I want to leave you with is that in in relationship to autism and and ADHD, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope for these kids, and it's, in my opinion, it's unlikely it's going to go away. And so the best thing that we can do is educate ourselves. And if you'd like to um, get a copy of my book, you can buy it on Amazon. Uh, You can buy it as a Kindle or as a paper version. Um, and also, I believe on our website, which is National Autism Academy, we have um, an opportunity to buy um, a, a PDF copy of the book, just a PDF copy, and get a, a free report for someone else. Um, so that's, uh, that's in the resources area. So you can find it there as well. Well, Janelle, I really appreciate you for being here and enlightening us with your story. One thing I can say is the most rewarding thing aspect of it all because there's so many rewards, but our children really have taught us, you and I, to just, they taught us so much. They they taught us you have to have patience. you got to perseverance and strength in the face of major trials. Mine, of course, taught me to love unconditionally. They taught me mm-hmm. how to let go and have fun. And it's mm-hmm. okay to be silly no matter how old you are because I still I love it. I love a good laugh. If I can get a good mm-hmm. laugh in, I will. I'm the most silliest person probably on my job because I love to laugh. It don't take too much. Um, but to me, just from a parent's view, I think my twins most definitely have taught me to just see things in a whole new way, things yes. that you wouldn't even possibly um, see. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. Absolutely. I, I definitely can't Absolutely. lie right there, Janine. I, I definitely know what you're going through. It's it's very hard. 
it's it's hard in a totally different way than parenting a typical child is. But the rewards, like we said, are just so incredible. They are. Yeah. Yep. Acceptance is really the answer, isn't it? I mean, being right. accepting that, that that this is what it is, and instead of fighting against it and trying to make it go away and trying to ignore it or being angry at it all the time, accepting it and and you know joyfully playing the cards that we were dealt in our life. That's that's the real answer. That's the bottom line. Making the decision to joyfully play the cards that we've been dealt. Oh yes. Because each new milestone, it's a triumph because we fight so hard to actually get that. And those are the rewards we live for. I was just, mm-hmm. I was just exclaiming to my baby. I said, because I, they are, I still call them babies, even whether they like it or not. I said, I'm just so proud of you because I had realized that she was getting better with her reading. That was her biggest struggle. And I always used to get on, you got to practice, you got to practice, practice. I couldn't say it enough time, blue, black, in the face. And now she's actually doing so I smile each time she reads and I'm like, Wow, you really got it. And now you can do yeah. now on to the milestone. We just have to focus on these grades and make sure that you stand focused in class. Yeah. But, yeah. But Janine, and I thank you so much for being here. Like I said, I hope to have you on again. Are you planning on doing any more up um common books? Um, I I have another book title um written and i have a concept for it but um it it probably is at least a year and a half in coming the the new book the concept would be voice of a thousand moms and it would be stories from you know from us from moms on on how they manage how they cope and what they've found you know with the the real pieces of success Oh, awesome. Well, when that book comes, I definitely would love to have you back on. I love my returning guests. It always excites me to know what they're doing in their future endeavors. But, again, thank you, Janine. And I'm I'm always going to be hoping for the best for you and your sons. Thank you so much, and to you, too, and, and your family. I wish you all the best. Thank you. And my listeners, with the, the truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen Signovich is this. Greatness is within all of us. People who display greatness have an originality of vision. These same people rely on others to to support, listen, and encourage them. Otherwise, their ideas may remain unborn. The achievements of one person always belong to many, for you accomplish nothing in this world alone. When you recognize greatness in another, it is only because you possess the same quality within yourself. Great people do what has not been done before and inspires the same courage within all of us. Today, see the greatness in others. Know it. Feel it. Trust its presence in yourself and embody it. Enjoy the day, everyone. And remember, either your mind has to span to match your goals or your goals strength to match your mind. So let's grow. And I hope to catch you on the affirmation call in the morning at 725 a.m. Eastern time. But this has been fun. I'm Technisha Day. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.